0: Hello friends, thank you for joining Adventist Angels Watchmen Radio. My name is Evangelist King Osiemo from the Horn of Africa on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube and all sites we are available. The Flood. In the days of Noah, a double caste was resting upon the earth in the consequence of Adam's transgression and of the murder committed by Cain. Yet these had not greatly changed the face of nature. There were evident tokens of decay, but the earth was still rich and beautiful in the use of God's providency. The hills were crowned with majestic trees, supporting the fruit-laden branches of the vine. The vast garden-like plains were grotted with venture and a sweet with the fragency of a thousand flowers. The fruits of the earth were in great variety and almost without limit. The trees far surpassed in size, beauty and perfect proportion, any now to be found. The wood was of the fine grain and hard substance, grossly resembling stone, and hardly less injury. Gold, silver and precious stones existed in abundance. The, the human race yet retained much of it in this area vigor. But a few generations had passed, Adam had access to the tree which was to prolong life, and man's existence was still measured by centuries. Had that long-lived people with their rare powers to plan and execute devoted themselves to the service of God. They would have made their creator's name a praise in the earth, and they would have answered the purpose for which he gave them life. But they failed to do this. There were many giants, men of great stature, strength and renown, renowned for wisdom, skillful in devising the most cunning and wonderful works. But they agreed in giving those reign to the iniquity was in proportion to their skill and mental ability. <coughs> God bestowed upon these and the Deluvians many and rich gifts, but they used these bounties to glorify themselves and turn them, <coughs> turn them into a curse. <coughs> Sorry. God bestowed upon these antediruvian, and the Deluvians many and rich gifts, but they used these bounties to glorify themselves and turned them into a curse by fixing their affections upon the gifts instead of the giver. They employed the gold and the silver and the precious stones and the choice good in and uh, in in and in instruction in the conquered and the construction of habitations for themselves, and endeavoured to excel one another in beautifying their dwellings with the most skillful workmanship. They sought only to gratify their desires, of their own proud hearts, and revealing scenes of pleasure and wickedness. Not desiring to retain God in their knowledge, they soon came to deny His existence. They adored nature in place of God of nature. They glorified human genius. They worshipped the works of their own hands, and they taught their children to bow down to graven images. In the green fields and under the shadow of good God, trees, they set up the altars of their idols. Extensive groves that retained their foliage throughout the year were dedicated to the worship of false gods. With these groves were connected beautiful gardens, their long winding avenues, overhung with fruit bearing trees of all descriptions, adorned with statuary and furnished with all that could delight the senses. Or a minister to the voluptuous desires of the people, and thus allowed them to participate in the idolatrous worship. Men put God out of their knowledge and worshipped the creatures of their own imagination. And as a result, they became more and more debased. <coughs> the psalmist describes the effect produced upon the worshipper by the adoration of idols. He says, that make them alike unto them so is everyone that trusts in these idols it is a law to the human mind that by beholding will become changed man will not cease, man will rise no higher than his conceptions of truth purity and holiness if the mind is never exerted above the level of humanity if it is not uplifted by faith to contemplate infinite wisdom and love the man would be constantly sinking lower and lower. The worshippers of false gods clothed their deities with human attributes not passions, and thus their standard of character was degraded to the likeness of sinful humanity. They were defiled in consequence. God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of their thoughts of his earth was only evil continually. The earth also was corrupted before God, and the earth was filled with violence. God had given men his commandments as a rule of life, but this law was transgressed and every conceivable sin was the result. The wickedness of men was open and daring. Justice was trampled in the dust, and the cries of the oppressed reached into heaven. Polygamy had been reintroduced introduced contrary to the divine arrangements at the beginning. Oh. The Lord gave to Adam one wife, showing his order to that respect. But after the fall, men chose to follow their own sinful desires, and as a result, crime and wretchedness rapidly increased. Neither the marriage relation nor the rights of property were respected. Whosoever coveted the wives or the possession of his neighbor took them by force, and men exerted in their deeds of violence. They delighted in destroying the life of animals, meat, and the use of flesh for food rendered them still more cruel and bloody thirsty, until they came to regard human life with astonishing indifference. The world was in its infancy, yet iniquity had become so deep and widespread that God could no longer appear with it. And they said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth. He declared that his spirit should not always strive with the great rest. If they did not cease to pollute with their sins the world and its rich treasures, he would protect them from his creation and he would destroy the things which he had delighted to bless them. He would sweep away the beast of the field and the vegetation which furnished such an abundant supply of food and he would transform the fair earth into one vast scene of desolation and ruin. Amid the prevailing corruption, Methuselah, Noah, and many others, the labor to keep alive the knowledge of the true God and to stay the tide of moral evil in the world. A hundred and twenty years before the flood, the Lord, by a holy angel, declared to know his purpose and directed him to peel an ark. While peeling the ark, he was to preach that God would bring a flood of water upon the earth to destroy the wicked. Those who would believe the message and would prepare for that event by repentance and reformation should find pardon and be saved. Enoch had repeated to his children what God had shown him in regard to the flood, and Metzerah and his sons who lived to hear the preaching of Noah assisted in peeling the ark. God gave not the exact dimensions of the ark and explicit directions in regard to this construction in every particular. Human wisdom could not have devised a stature of so great strength and durability. God was the designer and no, the master pillar. It was constructed like the hull of a ship that it might float upon the water, but in some respects it more nearly resembled a house. Psalms chapter 115 verses 8 Genesis chapter 6 verses 5 Genesis chapter 6 verse 11 and verses 7 uh, Genesis chapter 6 verse 7 It was three stories high, this ark, with part one door, which was in the side. Jesus said I am the door the only door The light was admitted to, to the top and the different ap- ap- apartments were so arranged that all were lighted the materials made, which were used to make this one, were also designed in a special way. <clears throat> okay, let me repeat. The material used in the construction of the ark was the cypress or the gopher gold, which could be untouched by decay for hundreds of years. The building of this immense structure was a slow and a riparious process. On account of the great size of the trees and the nature of the good, much, much more labour was required then than now to prepare timber, even with the greater strength which men then possessed. All that man could do was done to render the work perfect. Yet the earth would not to itself have withstood the storm which was to come upon the earth. God alone could preserve his servants upon the tempestuous waters by the angels. So that is the love of God to ensure that all things were going well at by that time, by that period of time, which they were living. So let's see. By faith now, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an act of the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world. And became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. While Renaud was giving his warning message to the world, his works testified of his sincerity. It was thus that his faith was perfected and made evident. He gave the world an example of the believing just of the believing just what God says by that time. So, even these last days, are we faithful to give the warning message to the world? <laughs> Let us prepare the people for the soon-coming king, for the soon-coming Jesus Christ. He, wa- he gave the world an example of the believing just what God says. All he possessed, he invested in the ark. As he began to construct 30 men's spots on dry ground, Matthew came from every direction to see the strange sight and to hear the earnest, fervent words of the singular preacher. preacher. Every blow struck upon the ark was a witness to the people. Men at first appeared to receive the warning, yet they did not turn to God with true repentance. They were unwilling to renounce their sins. During the time that elapsed before the coming of the flood, their faith was tested, and they failed to endure the trial. Overcome by the prevailing unbelief, they finally joined their former associates in rejecting the solemn message. Some were deeply convicted. And would have heeded the words of warning, but there were so many to jest and ridicule that they partook of the same spirit, resisted the invitation of mercy, and were soon among the poorest and the most deviant scoffers. For none are to so reckless and go to such length in sin as to those who had once had light, but have resisted the convicting spirit of God. The men of that generation were not all in the fullest acceptation of the terms idolatrous. Many professed to be worshippers of God. They claimed that their idols were a representation of the deity and that through them the people could obtain a clear conception of the divine being. What a blasphemy. What a blasphemy in that time which they were living. What an evil friends. It's a very great evil. These people claimed that their idols was a representation of the deity and that through them the people could obtain a clear conception of the divine being. This class were foremost in rejecting the preaching of Noah. As they endeavored to represent God by material objects, their minds were blinded to his majesty and power. They ceased to realize the wholeness of his character or the sacred and changing nature of his requirements. As sin became general, it appeared less and less sinful, and they finally declared that the divine law was no longer in force, that it was contrary to the character of God to punish transgressions, and they denied that his judgments were to be visited upon the earth. Had the men of that generation obeyed the divine law, they would have recognized the voice of God in the warning of his servants, but their minds had become so blinded by the rejection of light that they really believed the God's message to be a delusion. It was not Matthews or Majorities that were on the side of truth. The world was arrayed against God's justice and his laws, and Noah was regarded as a, a fanatic. Satan, when tempting Eve to disobey God's to disobey God, said to her, You shall not surely die. Great men, worldly, honored, and wise men repeated the same. The threatenings of God, they said, are for the purpose of intimidating and would never be verified. You need not to be alarmed, alarmed. Such an event as the destruction of the world by God who made it and the punishment of the beings he had created will never take place. But be at peace, fear not, noise of wild fanatic, the world made merry at the folly of the deluded old man, instead of ambling the art before God, they continued their disobedience and wickedness, the same as though God had not spoken to them through his servant, but they now stood like a rock amid the tempest, surrounded by popular contempt and ridicule. He distinguished himself by his own integrity and unwavering faithfulness. A power attended his words, for it was the voice of God to man through his servant. Connection with God made him strong in the strength of infinite power, while for 120 years his own voice fell upon the ears of that generation in regard to events which so far as human wisdom could judge were impossible. The world before the flood reasoned that for the centuries the laws of nature had been fixed. the recurring reasons and seasons had come in their order year to fall rain had never fallen from heaven the earth had been watered by a mist or a dew from below the earth. The rivers had never yet passed their boundaries but had poured their waters safely to the sea. Fixed degrees had kept the waters from in their pants but these reasoners did not recognize the hand of him who had stayed the waters, saying it shall thou come but no father job chapter38 verse 11 as time passed on with no appearance apparent change in nature men whose us had at times trembled with fear began to repair to be reassured they reason as many reason now that nature is above the god of nature and that Allows are so firmly established that God Himself could not change them. Reasoning that if the message of Noah were correct, nature would be turned out of our course. they made that message in the minds of the world a delusion, a grand deception. They manifested their contempt for the warning of God by doing just as they had done before the warning was given. They continued their festivities and their gluttonous feasts. They ate. They drank, they planted, they builded, laying their plans in the reverence of advantages they hoped to gain in the future. And they went to greater lengths in wickedness and in defiant, defiant disregard of God's requirements, to testify that they had no fear of the infinite one. They asserted that if there were any truth in what no had said, then the men of renown, the wise, the prudent, the scientists, the great men, will understand the matter of that generation what an evil what an evil generation it was it's history not repeating itself May God help his people so that they can realize the message for our time May God assist assist his own people so much because we live in the same time like today cause history is repeating itself very quickly <coughs> as time passed on with no apparent change in nature men whose hearts had at times trembled with fear began to be reassured They reasoned, as many reason now that nature is above the god of nature and that laws are so firmly established that god himself could not change them reasoning that if they okay and the antediluvians believed the warning and repented of their evil deeds, the Lord would have turned aside his wrath, and as he afterward did from Nineveh, but by their obstinate resistance to the reproof of conscience, and the warnings of God's prophets, that generation filled up the mesh of their iniquity and became ripe for destruction. The period of their probation was about to expire. No advertively followed the instruction which he had received from God, the ark was finished in every part of the, as the Lord had directed, and was stored with food for man and beast. And now the servant of God made his last solemn appeal to the people with an agony or desire that words cannot express. He entreated them to seek a refuge where it, it may be found. Again, they rejected his words and raised their voice in jest and scoffing. Suddenly, a silence fell, fell upon the mocking throng. Beasts of every description, the fastest as well as the most gentle, were seen coming from mountain and forest, and the quietly making their way towards the ark. A noise as of the rushing wind was heard, and lo, the birds were flocking from all directions, their numbers darkening the heavens, and in perfect order they passed to the ark. Animals obeyed the command of God, while men were disobedient. Guided by holy angels, they went in, two and two, and into the ark. And they cleaned peace by servants. The world looked on in wonder, some in fear. Philosophers were called upon to account for the singular occurrence, but in vain. It was a mystery which they could not fathom. But men had become so ardent by their persistent rejection of light. And that even this scene produced but a momentary impression, as the doomed race beheld the sun shining in its glory, and the earth, and the earth clad in almost Eden beauty, they punished their rising fears by boisterous merriment, and by their deeds of violence they seemed to invite upon themselves the visitation of the already awakened wrath of God. God commanded no. Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in the generation." Genesis chapter 7 verse 9 verses 1. Noah's warnings had been rejected by the world, but his influence and example resulted in blessing to his family. As a reward for his uh, faithfulness and integrity, God saved all the members of his family with him. What an encouragement to parental fidelity in this generation. What a great encouragement, friends. It was a great encouragement, as it is today. Mercy had ceased with his pleadings for the gritteless. The beast of the field and the parts of the air had entered the place of refuge. Noah and his household were within the ark, and the Lord shut him. him. A flash of dazzling light was seen, and a cloud of glory, more vivid than the lightning, descended from heaven and hovered before the entrance of the ark. The massive door, which it was imposed for those within to close, was slowly swung to its place by unseen hands, nor was shut in. By that time, nor was shut in, but these people never entered. What a terrible lesson for this generation. Things which are happening, we must understand them in a spiritual sense. We must understand what the Lord, the Lord says. That says the Lord is what we should live by. It's a message for us in this last generation. So, uh... The massive door which it was impossible for those within to close was slowly swung to its place by unseen hands. Now was shut in, and the rejecters of God's mercy were shut out. The seal of God was on the door, God had shut, shut it, and God alone could open it. So, when Christ shall cease its intercession for the guilty men before his coming in the clouds of heaven, the door of mercy will be shut. Then, divine grace we no longer restrain the wicked, and Satan will have full control of those who have rejected the mercy. They will endeavor to destroy God's people, but as but as Noah was shut into the ark, so the righteous will be shielded by divine power. Thank you for joining us. This is episode one. Join us in episode two, episode two. This is Adventist Angels Watchman Radio by Evangelist King Osimo. Stay blessed, peace be with you. And find us on Facebook, on Twitter, on podcast, on all sides. Please share. Hello, welcome back. My name is Evangelist King Osim on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube. And thank you for joining Adventist Angels Watchman Radio. For seven days, after Noah and his family entered the ark, there appeared, appeared no sign of the coming storm. During this period, the fate was, their faith as a people was tested. It was a time of triumph to the world without. The apparent delay confirmed them in the belief that Noah's message was a delusion and that the flood would never come. Notwithstanding the solemn scenes which they had witnessed, the beast and the parts entered the ark, and the angel of God closing the door, they still continued their sport and revering, even making a jest of these signal manifestations of God's power. They gathered in crowds about the ark, deriding it is inmates with a daring violence which they had never venged upon before. But upon the eighth day, dark clouds overspread the heavens. There followed the mutterings of thunder and the flashing of lightning. Soon large drops of rain began to fall. The world had never witnessed anything like this, and the hearts of men were struck with fear. All were secretly inquiring. Can it be that no one was in the right, and that the world is doomed to destruction? Dark and darker grew the heavens and first faster came the falling rain. The beasts were roaming about in the wilderness terror, and their discordant cries seemed to mourn out their own destiny and the fate of man. Then the fountains of the great deep were broken up, and the windows of heavens were opened. Water appeared to come from the crowds in mighty cataracts. Levers broke away from their boundaries, and overflowed their valleys, just of water passed from the earth with indescribable force, throwing massive rocks hundreds of feet into the air, and these, in falling, buried themselves deep in the ground. The people first beheld the destruction of the works of their own hands, their splendid buildings, and the beautiful gardens and groves where they had placed their idols were destroyed by lightnings from heaven, and the ruins were scattered far and wide. The altars on which human sacrifices had been offered were torn down, and the worshippers were made to tremble at the powers of the living God, and to know that it was their corruption and idolatry which had gone down their destruction. As the violence of the storm increased, trees, buildings, rocks, and earth were hurried in every direction. The terror of man and beast was beyond description. Above terror of the tempest was heard the wearing of a people that had despised it, the authority of God. Satan himself, who was compelled to remain in the midst of the warring elements, feared for his own existence. He had delighted to control so powerful a race and desired them to live. To practice their abominations and continue their rebellion against the rule of heaven, he now uttered imprecations against God, charging him with injustice and cruelty. Many of the people, like Satan, blasphemed God and, had they been able, they would have thrown him down from the throne of power. Others were frantic with fear, stretching their hands towards the ark and pleading for. Admittance, but their entreaties were in vain. Conseiling was at last aroused to know that there is a God who ruled in the heavens. They called upon him earnestly, but his ear was not open to their cry. In that terrible hour they saw that the transgressions of God is law had caused their ruin. Yet while through fear of punishment they acknowledged their sin, they feared no true contrition. No abhorrence of evil, they would have returned to their defiance of heaven, at the judgment been removed. So, when God's judgment shall fall upon the earth before it is delaged by fire, the impenitent will know just where and what their sin is, the despising of His holy law. Yet, they would have no more true repentance that did the old world sinners. Some in their desperation endeavored to break into the ark, but their firm-made structure withstood their efforts. Some clung to the ark until they were were borne away by the surging waters, or their hole was broken by collision with rocks and trees. The massive ark trembled in every fiber as it was beaten by the merciless winds and flung from pillow to pillow. The cries of the beast within expressed their fear and pain, but amid the warning elements, it continued to ride safely. Angels that excelled in strength were commissioned to preserve it. The beast exposed to the tempest rushed towards man, as though expecting aid from him. Some of the people bound their children and themselves upon powerful animals, knowing that these were the natures of life and would climb the highest points to escape the rising waters. Some fastened themselves to loft trees on the summits of east or mountains, but the trees were uprooted, and with their pardon of leaving, Pins were hurried into the sitting pillows, one spot after another, and pro- one spot after another that promised safety was abandoned. As the waters rose higher and higher, the people fled for refuge to the loftiest mountains. Often, man and beast would struggle together for a foothold until the port was swept away. Oh, terrible! Oh, art. so terrible! From the highest peaks, men looked abroad upon the shoreless ocean. The solemn warning of God's servants no longer seemed a subject for ridicule and scorning. How those doomed sinners longed for the opportunities which they had slighted. How they pleaded for one hour's probation, one more privilege of mercy, one call from the lips of no. But the sweet voice of mercy was no longer to be heard by them. Love no no less than justice. and justice demanded that God's judgments should put a check on sin. The avenging waters swept over the last threat, and the despisers of God's God perished in the black depths. <coughs> by the word of God, the world that was, by the word of God, the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same Word are kept in store reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of and God and god remain another storm is coming the earth will again be swept by the desolating wrath of god and sin and sinners will be sw- will be destroyed thank you for joining us this Adventist angels watchman radio this is episode 2 episode2 two. we we shall be coming with episode 3. Uh, shh, soon. May you be blessed. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ with you on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube. Adventist Angels Watchmen Radio. Stay tuned. Hello, welcome to Adventist Angels Watchmen Radio. My name is King Osiemo. Episode 3 The Flood. By the Word of God, the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth which are now, by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire, against the day of judgment and the petition of ungodly men. Another storm is coming. The earth again would be swept by the desolating wrath of God, and the sin and the sinners would be destroyed. The sin that called for the vengeance upon the antediluvian world exists today. The fear of God is punished from the hearts of men, and His law is treated with indifference and the contempt, the intense worldliness of that generation is equal by that of the generations now living said jesus christ as in the days that were before the flood they were eating drinking marrying and giving in marriage until the day that no entered into the ark and did not until the flood came and took them all away so shall also the coming of the son of man be God did not condemn the Antediluvians for eating and drinking. He had given them the fruits of the earth in great abundance to supply their physical wants. Their sin consisted in taking these gifts without gratitude to the giver and depressing themselves by indulging appetite without restraint. It was lawful for them to marry. Marriage was in God's order. It was one of the first institutions which he established. Yes, special directions concerning this ordinance, clothing it with sanctity and beauty, but these directions were forgotten and marriage was perverted and made to minister to passion. A similar condition of things exists now, that which is lawful is itself carried to excess. Appetite is indulged without restraint. Professed followers of Jesus Christ are today eating and drinking with the drunken, where their names stand in honored church records. Intemperance temperance their the moral and the spiritual powers and prepares the way for indulgency of their lower passions. Second Peter chapter three verse five to seven, Matthew chapter twenty four verses thirty eight to thirty nine. Matthews feel that they know, Martins feel no under obligation to cap their sensual desires. And they become the slaves of lust. Men are living for the pleasures of sense, for this world and this life alone. Extravagance pervades all circles of society. Integrity is sacrificed for display. Extravagance pervades all circles of society. Men are living for the pleasures of sense, for this world and this life alone. Integrity is sacrificed for luxury and display. They that make haste to be rich pervert justice and oppress the poor. And slaves and souls of men are still both and sold. Fraud and bribery, and, and theft, stalk and rebuked in high places and in law. The issues of the press came with records of murder, crimes so broad, so blooded and causeless that it seemed as though every instinct of humanity were brought out and these atrocities have become of so common occurrence that they hardly elicit a comment or awaken surprise. The spirit of anarchy is permeating all nations, and the outbreaks that from time to time excite the horror of the world are but indications of the pent-up fires of passion and lawlessness that having once escaped control will fill the earth with war and desolation. The picture which... Inspiration as given of the antediluvian world represents too truly the condition to which modern society is fast ascending to. Even now, in the present century and in professed Christian lands, there are crimes daily perpetuated as black and terrible as those for which the old world sinners were destroyed. Before the flood, God sent not to warn the world that the people might be led to repentance and thus escape the threatened destruction. As the time of God's second appearance draws near, the Lord sends his servants with a warning to the world to prepare for that great event. Matthews have been living in translation of God's law, and now he in mercy calls them to obey his sacred precepts. All who will put away their sins by repentance towards God and faith in Christ are offered pardon, but men fear that it requires too great a sacrifice to put away sin because their life does not harmonize with the pure principles of god's moral government they reject His warnings and deny the authority of his law of the vast population of the earth before the flood only eight souls believed and obeyed god's word through no for a hundred and twenty years the preacher of righteousness warned the world of the coming destruction but his message was rejected and despised so it will be now, before the law giver shall come to punish the disobedient, transgressors are going to repent and return to their urgency. But with the majority these ones will be in vain. Said the Apostle Peter. Said the Apostle Peter, there shall come in the last days covers, walking after their own lust and saying, Why is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 3, and verses 4. Do we not hear these wa- very words repeated, nor merely by the open and godly, but by many who occupy the pulpits of our land? There is no cause for alarm, they say, they cry. Before, the, before Christ Jesus shall come, all the world is to be perverted, and righteousness is to reign for a thousand years. Before Christ shall come, all the world is to be converted and righteousness is to reign for a thousand years. Peace, peace, all things continue as they were from the beginning. Let none be disturbed by the exciting message of these alarmists. But this doctrine of a millennium does not harmonize with the teachings of Christ and his apostles. Jesus asked a significant question. When the Son of Man cometh, Shall he find faith on the earth? Luke chapter 18, verses 8. And as we have seen, he declared that the state of the world will be as in the days of Noah. Paul warns us that we may look for wickedness to increase as the end draws near. The Spirit it expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. The Apostle says that in the last days, perilous time shall come. First Peter chapter 4, verse 1. And he gives a startling list of sins that will be found among those who have a form of godliness. As the time of the probation was crossing, the deluvians gave themselves up to exciting amusements and festivities. Those who possessed influence and power were pent on, keeping the minds of the people engrossed with merits and pleasure, lest any should be blessed by the last solemn warning. Do we not see the same repeated in our day? While the servants are giving the message that the end of all things is at hand, the world is absorbed in amusement and pleasure-seeking. <coughs> there is a constant round of excitement that causes indifference to God and prevents the people from being impressed by the truths which alone can save them from the coming destruction. In the North day, philosophers declared that it was impossible for the world to be destroyed by water. So now, there are men of science who endeavour to show that the world cannot be destroyed by fire, that this could be inconsistent with the laws of nature. But the god of nature, the maker of co- under the control of our laws, can, un- can use the works of his hands to serve his own purpose. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 When great and wise men had proved to their satisfaction that it was impossible for the world to be destroyed by water, when the fears of the people were quieted, when all regarded Noah's prophecy as a delusion and looked upon him as a fanatic, then it was that God's time had come. The fountains of the great deep were broken up, and the windows of heaven were opened, and the scovers were overwhelmed in the waters of the flood with all their posted philosophy. Men found too late that their wisdom was foolishness, that the lawgiver is greater than the laws of nature, and that omnipotency is at no loss for means to accomplish its purposes. Genesis chapter seven verse eleven says, as it was in the days of no, even thus shall it be in the days when the Son of Man is revealed. Okay, that's Luke seventeen twenty six to 30 The days of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heaven shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be panned up. When the reasoning of philosophy has punished the fears of God's judgments, when religious teachers are pointing Forward to long ages of peace and prosperity, and the world are absorbed in the of business and pleasure, planting and building, feasting and merry making, rejecting God's warning and mocking his messengers, then it is that sudden destruction cometh upon them, and they shall not escape. First, range of the Chapter five, verses three may god bless you this adventist angels watchman radio on facebook on twitter on youtube adventist angels watchman radio my name evangelist king osiemo peace be with you amen hello friends thank you for joining adventist angels watchman radio my name is evangelist king osiemo from the Horn of africa on facebook on twitter on YouTube and all sites, we are available. The Flood. In the days of Noah, a double cast was resting upon the earth in the consequence of Adam's transgression and of the murder committed by Cain. Yet, these had not greatly changed the face of nature. There were evident tokens of decay, but the earth was still rich and beautiful in the use of God's providency. The hills were crowned with majestic trees supporting the fruit-laden branches of the vine. The vast garden-like plains were grotted with venger and a sweet with the fragency of a thousand flowers. The fruits of the earth were in great variety and almost without limit. The trees far surpassed in size, beauty and perfect proportion, any now to be found the wood was of the fine grain and hard substance, grossly resembling stone, and utterly less in Gold, silver, and precious stones existed in abundance. The, the human race yet retained much of it in area vigor. But a few generations had passed. Adam had access to the tree which was to prolong life, and man's existence was still measured by centuries. Had, had, had that long-lived people with their rare powers to plan and execute devoted themselves to the service of God, they would have made their creator's name a praise in the earth and they would have answered the purpose for which he gave them life. But they failed to do this. There were many giants, men of great stature, and strength and renown, renowned for wisdom skillful in devising the most cunning and wonderful works, but their guilty in giving those rein to the iniquity was in proportion to their skill and their mental ability. <coughs> God bestowed upon these and the many and the rich gifts, but they used these bounties to glorify themselves and turn them, <coughs> turn them into a curse. <coughs> Sorry God bestowed upon this and antiderivian, the men and rich gifts, but they use his bounties to glorify themselves and turn them into a curse by fixing their affections upon the gifts instead of the giver. They employed the gold and the silver and the precious stones and the choice good in and uh, in in and in instruction in the conquered us and the construction of Habitations for themselves, and endeavored to excel one another in beautifying their dwellings with the most skillful workmanship. They sought only to gratify their desires of their own proud arts, and revealed in scenes of pleasure and wickedness. Not desiring to retain God in their knowledge, they soon came to deny his existence. They adored nature in place of God of nature. They glorified human genius. They worshiped the works of their own hands and they taught their children to bow down to graven images. In the green fields and under the shadow of good trees, they set up the altars of their idols. Extensive groves that retained their foliage throughout the year were dedicated to the worship of false gods. With these groves were connected beautiful gardens, their long winding avenues overhung with. Fruit bearing trees of all descriptions, adorned with statuary and furnished with all that could delight the senses or minister to the voluptuous desires of the people, and thus allowed them to participate in the idolatrous worship. Men put God out of their knowledge and worshipped the creatures of their own imagination. As a result, they became more and more (coughs) depraved. The psalmist describes the effect produced upon the Gospel by the adoration of idols. He says, They that make them are like unto them, so is everyone that trusts in these idols. It is a law to the human mind that by beholding we become changed. Man will not cease, man will rise no higher than his conceptions of truth, purity, and wholeness. If the mind is never exalted above the level of humanity, if it is not uplifted by faith to contemplate infinite wisdom and love, the man will be constantly sinking lower and lower. The worshippers of false gods clothed their deities with human attributes and passions, and thus their standard of character was degraded to the likeness of sinful humanity. They were defiled in consequence. God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of their thoughts of his earth was only evil continually. The earth also was corrupted before God, and the earth was filled with violence. God had given men his commandments as a rule of life, but this law was transgressed, and every conceivable sin was the result. The wickedness of men was open and daring. Justice was trampled in the dust, and the cries of the oppressed reached into heaven. had been reintroduced contrary to the divine arrangements at the beginning. Oh. The Lord gave to Adam one wife, showing his order to that respect. But after the fall, men chose to follow their own sinful desires, and as a result, crime and wretchedness rapidly increased. Neither the marriage ration nor the rights of property were respected. Whosoever converted the wives or the possession of his neighbour, took them by force, and men exerted in their deeds of violence. They delighted in destroying the life of animals, meat, and the use of flesh for food rendered them still more cruel and bloody thirsty, until they came to regard human life with astonishing indifference. The world was in its infancy, yet iniquity had become so deep and widespread that God could no longer appear with it and they said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth. He declared that his spirit should not always strive with the great rest. If they did not cease to pollute with their sins the world and its rich treasures, he would protect them from his creation and would destroy the things which he had delighted to bless them. He would sweep away the beast of the field and the vegetation which furnished such and a pondered supply of food, and it transform the fair earth into one vast scene of desolation and ruin. Amid the prevailing corruption, Methuselah, Noah, and many others, they labored to keep alive the knowledge of the true God and to stay the tide of moral evil in the world. A hundred and twenty years before the flood, the Lord, by a holy angel, declared to know his purpose and directed him to peel an ark. While peeling the ark, he was to preach that God would bring a flood of water upon the earth to destroy the wicked. Those who would believe the message and would prepare for that event by repentance and reformation should find pardon and be saved. Enoch had repeated to his children what God had shown him in regard to the flood. And Methuselah and his sons who lived to hear the preaching of Noah assisted in peeling the ark. God gave not the exact dimensions of the ark and explicit directions in regard to its construction in every particular. Human wisdom could not have devised a stature of so great strength and durability. God was the designer and no the master pillar. It was constructed like the hull of a ship that it might float upon the water, but in some respects, it more nearly resembled a house. Psalms chapter 115 verses 8, Genesis chapter 6 verses 5, Genesis chapter 6 verse 11, and verses 7. Uh, Genesis chapter 6 verse 7. It was three stories high, this ark, with part one door, which was in the side. Jesus said I am the door, the only door. The light was admitted to, to the top, and the different Apartments were so arranged that all were lighted. The materials made, which were used to make this one, were also designed in a special way. <laughs> okay, let me repeat. The material blade in the construction of the ark was the cypress or the gopher gold, which could be untouched by decay for hundreds of years. The building of this immense structure was a slow and a reparious process. On account of the great size of the trees and the nature of the good, much, much more labor was required then than now to prepare timber, even with the greater strength which men then possessed. All that man could do was done to render the work perfect. Yet the earth would not to itself have withstood the storm which was to come upon the earth God alone could preserve His servants from upon the tempestuous waters by the angels. So that is the love of God to ensure that all things were going well at by that time, by that period of time, which they were living. So let's see. By faith now, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark of the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. While no was giving his warning message to the world, his works testified of his sincerity. It was thus that his faith was perfected and made evident. He gave the world an example of the believing just of the believing just what God says by thirty time. So even these last days are we faithful to give the warning message to the world? Let us prepare the people for the soon-coming King, for the soon-coming Jesus Christ. He gave the world an example of the believing just what God says. All he possessed, he invested in the ark. As he began to construct 30 main spots on dry ground, Matthew came from every direction. To see the strange sight and to hear the earnest, fervent words of the singular preacher. Every blow struck upon the ark was a witness to the people. Men at first appeared to receive the warning, yet they did not turn to God with true repentance. They were unwilling to renounce their sins. During the time that elapsed before the coming of the flood, their faith was tested and they failed to endure the trial. Overcome by the prevailing unbelief, they finally joined their former associates in rejecting the solemn message. Some were deeply convicted and would have heeded the words of warning. But there were so many to jest and ridicule that they partook of the same spirit, resisted the invitation of mercy, and were soon among the poorest and the most deviant scoffers. for none had to so reckless and go to such length in sin as to those who had once had light, but have resisted the convicting spirit of God. The men of that generation were not all in the fullest acceptation of the terms I dare trust. Many professed to be worshippers of God. They claimed that their idols were a representation of the deity, and that through them, the people could obtain a clear conception of the divine being. What a blasphemy! What a blasphemy in that time which they were living. What an evil, friends. It's a very great evil. <laughs> These people claimed that their idols was a representation of the deity and that through them the people could obtain a clear conception of the divine being. This class were foremost in rejecting the preaching of no. As they endeavored to represent God by material objects, their minds were blinded to His majesty and power. They ceased to realize the wholeness of his character, or the sacred and changing nature of his requirements. As sin became general, it appeared less and less sinful, and they finally declared that the divine law was no longer in force, that it was contrary to the character of God to punish transgressions, and they denied that his judgments were to be visited upon the earth. As the men of that generation obeyed the divine law, they would have recognized the voice of God in the warning of his servants, but their minds had become so blinded by the rejection of light that they really believed the godly message to be a delusion. It was not Matthews or majority that were on the side of truth. The world was arrayed against God's justice and his laws, and Noah was regarded as a, a fanatic. Satan, when tempting Eve to disobey God is, to disobey God, said to her, you shall not surely die. Great men, worldly, honored, and wise men repeated the same. The threatenings of God, they said, are for the purpose of intimidating and would never be verified. You need not to be alarmed. Such an event as the destruction of the world by God, who made it, and the punishment of the beings He had created, will never take place. But be at peace. Fear not. Noise a wild fanatic. The world made merry at the folly of the deluded old man. Instead of humbling the earth before God, they continued their disobedience and wickedness, the same as though God had not spoken to them through his servant. But Noah stood like a rock amid the tempest. Surrounded by popular contempt and ridicule, he distinguished himself by his own integrity. And unwavering faithfulness a power attended his words for it was the voice of god to man through his servant connection with god made him strong in the strength of infinite power while for 120 years his own voice fell upon the ears of that generation in regard to events which so far as human wisdom could judge were impossible The world before the flood reasoned that for the centuries the laws of nature had been fixed. the recurring reasons and seasons had come in their order. year to fall rain had never fallen from heaven, the earth had been watered by a mist or a dew from below the earth. The rivers had never yet passed their boundaries but had poured their waters safely to the sea. Fixed degrees had kept the waters from Overflowing their pants, But these reasoners did not recognize the hand of him who had stayed the waters, saying, "It though shall thou come, but no further. Job chapter thirty eight verse eleven. As time passed on, with no appearance, apparent change in nature, men whose eyes had at times trembled with fear began to re to be reassured. They reasoned, as many reason now, that nature is above the God of nature, and that are so firmly established that God Himself could not change them, reasoning that if the message of Noah were correct, nature would be turned out of our course. They made that message in the minds of the world a delusion, a grand deception. They manifested their contempt for the warning of God by doing just as they had done before the warning was given. They continued their festivities and their gluttonous feasts. They ate. They drank, they planted, they builded, laying their plans in the reverence of advantages they hoped to gain in the future. And they went to greater lengths in wickedness and in defiant, defiant disregard of God's requirements to testify that they had no fear of the infinite one. They asserted that if there were any truth in what no had said, then the men of renown, the wise, the prudent, the scientists, the great men, would understand the matter of that generation. What an evil. What an evil generation it was. Is history not repeating itself? May God help his people so that they can realize the message for our time. May God assist assist his own people so much because we live in the same time like today. Because history is repeating itself very quickly <coughs> as time passed on with no apparent change in nature men whose hearts had at times trembled with fear began to be reassured the reason as many reason now that nature is above the god of nature and that laws are so firmly established that god himself could not change them reasoning that if they okay had the Antediluvians believed the warning and repented of their evil deeds, the Lord would have turned aside his wrath, and as he afterward did from Nineveh. But by their obstinate resistance to the reproof of conscience and the warnings of God's prophets, that generation filled up the mesh of their iniquity and became ripe for destruction. The period of their probation was about to expire. No adversary followed the instruction which he had received from God. The ark was finished in every part of the as the Lord had directed, and was stored with food for man and beast. And now the servant of God made his last solemn appeal to the people with an agony or desire that words cannot express. He entreated them to seek a refuge where it, it may be found. Again, they rejected his words and raised their voice in jest and scoffing. Suddenly, a silence fell, fell upon the mocking throng. Beasts of every description, the fastest as well as the most gentle, were seen coming from mountain and forest, and the quietly making their way towards the ark. A noise as of the rushing wind was heard, and lo, the parts were flocking from all directions, their numbers darkening the heavens, and in perfect order they passed to the ark. Animals obeyed the command of God. While men were disobedient, guided by holy angels, they went in, two and two, until into the ark, and they clean peace by servants. They were looked on in wonder, some in fear. Philosophers were called upon to account for the singular occurrence, but in vain. It was a mystery which they could not fathom. But men had become so ardent by their persistent rejection of light and that even this scene produced but a momentary impression. As the doomed race beheld the sun shining in its glory, and the art and the earth clad in almost eden beauty, they punished their rising fears by boisterous merriment, and by their deeds of violence they seemed to invite upon themselves the visitation of the already awakened wrath of God. God commanded No, come thou and all thy house into the ark. For thee have I seen righteous before me in the generation. Genesis chapter 7 verse 9, the verses 1. <clears throat> Noice warnings had been rejected by the world, but his influence and example resulted in blessing to his family. As a reward for his uh, faithfulness and integrity, God saved all the members of his family with him. What an encouragement to parental fidelity in this generation. What a great encouragement, friends. It was a great encouragement as it is today. Mercy had ceased with his pleadings for the gritless. The beast of the field and the parts of the air had entered the place of refuge. No and his household were within the ark, and the Lord shut him. in. A flash of dazzling light was seen, and a cloud of glory, more vivid than the lightning, descended from heaven, and hovered before the entrance of the ark. The massive door, which it was imposed for those within to close, was slowly swung to its place by unseen hands, nor was shut in by that time, nor was shut in, but these people never entered. What a terrible lesson for this generation. Things which are happening, we must understand them in a spiritual sense. We must understand what the Lord, the Lord says. That says the Lord is what we should live by. It's a message for us in this last generation. So, uh... The massive door, which it was impossible for those within to close, was slowly swung to its place by unseen hands. Nor was shut in, and the rejecters of God's mercy were shut out. The seal of God was on the door, God had shut shut it, and God alone could open it. So, when Christ shall cease his intercession for the guilty men, before his coming in the clouds of heaven, the door of mercy will be shut. Then, divine grace. Will no longer restrain the wicked, and Satan will have full control of those who have rejected the mercy. They will endeavor to destroy God's people, but as but as Noah was shut into the ark, so the righteous will be shielded by divine power. Thank you for joining us. This is episode one. Join us in episode two episode two. This is Adventist Angels Watchman Radio by Evangelist King Osemo. Stay blessed, peace be with you. And find us on Facebook, on Twitter, on podcast, on all sides. Peace. Share.